Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers, and welcome to episode number one motherfucking hundred of the Next Level Authors Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. I nearly fluffed up the intro on episode 100. Okay. <laughs> My name's Daniel Wilcox, and here with me every single week is... Angel Black. That is who is with you this week. <laughs> Angel Black. Dear God. Hello. E- episode Hello. 100, Sasha. I know. I am surprised by this. Yes. Cheers, darling. Cheers. Cheers. Clink everyone. Also, <laughs> let the let the villainy be gin. Thank you, Yanni, for this. And also cheers, everyone. Mine's nothing about whiskey can't fix. Although I tried to pour some on my author business and had to buy a new laptop. <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. <laughs> Sasha. Well, I, no, so before we get into that stuff, what I should say for people listening on the podcast feed is we are celebrating episode 100 uh, in style. And so for people who are new to the show, haven't yet joined us, we have been saying this for weeks. Obviously, you haven't heard that because you've only just joined us. But we are joined by a cohort of our wonderful patrons on Zoom. We are live streaming into Facebook as well. So we will have questions and different bits throughout the show where people can pick our brain and make or well, celebrate episode 100 with us. So that's kind of how things are working. Sasha. How the devil are you? Still without the motherfucking internet. So there's that. <laughs> However, I did discover this weekend that um, some of the reasons that I couldn't like hotspot or like wirelessly charge my phone or like connect my phone to the computer or have anything work work because my phone was broken. So I brought a new phone yesterday and lo and fucking behold, I can hotspot now. So there's that, which is, you know, decidedly better than I was a couple of days ago. Um, although my bank account is somewhat lighter. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I am mildly better than I was. And we have a date for the Internet. Not until the fucking 8th, but uh, we do have a date. So the 8th of March, I will get the Internet at fucking last. I'll only have been without it for like three weeks. Uh, but having a date, like, enables me to chill my tits because my tits were very much not chilled prior to not having a date because I couldn't plan anything Mm. I had no control over the situation uh yeah so anyway I'm booked into a have I told you this story about the co-working space depends what story you're talking about I know about the co-working space oh okay right oh my god (laughs) I will take photos because this will be funny but basically I framed them up so so I spent a couple of days there last week I think it was last week time is like anyway and um so I phoned them up and I was like look I still got no fucking internet I was like I can't be without the internet for another week like do you do a weekly rate and they were like well no not really we do day rates we do hourly rates and we do like your monthly residency and I was like oh go on please and she was like okay look 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 seeing as you spent time with us this week and you know you're chatty or whatever she was like look we'll give you a 20% discount anyway then the owner who I spoke to last week uh, comes in and there's like some cuffuffling and she was like, hold on, hold on, let me just mute you a second. She comes back on and she's like, 
And I'm like, oh God. And then she's like, look, it's World Book Week next week. And I was like, right. And she was like, if you come dressed as a book character, we'll give you another 5% off. Hey. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go dressed as Maleficent, I think. And uh, yeah, and like just rock up tomorrow morning dressed as fucking Maleficent. Like, in I'd the so middle laugh of this if really they didn't then give you the festival. discount. They will, they will. So we've changed stuff. Um, I know, I know. Anyway, so that is going to be my week next week. Mm. So yeah, how was your week? Are you still tired? You Do you know what? Like, I'm I'm working through the worst of it. It has been a week of um, just trying to cut myself some slack a bit, and like, I am I am behind on things in a way that I don't want to be. But at the same time, I'm accepting the reality of the fact that I'm in that situation, and I've just got to take action to get out of it. So one big mm-hmm. twist that I had this week was, and again, like, it's stuff that we know, but it's things that we forget, especially at, at times where we are stressed and burned out and things. And uh, it was it was putting myself in the position of power so I was like I'm all, <laughs> be careful how I'm wording this but obviously I have a lot of client work but the client work is obviously what funds a big chunk of what my business is and then I have the other stuff that I do and as I get stressed and burned out I start to resent the client work more and more and more but the fact is if you think about it, at the end of the day like the client work is just one direction I could go. If I wanted to, I could easily just go out there, step into another, well, I say easily, obviously I'm being sort of broadly hyperbolic, but I could walk out of there, I could get another job, that would replace the income in some way, and I could do that while also doing other things. But I'm choosing actively not to because I'm, I've got a plan. So it's that thing of like, I've chosen to do this as opposed to all the different other alternatives I could have done. So like embrace yeah. it, make the most of it and do it. And the other thing as well was I found myself going into a really defensive position with my finances. So I clocked my income, I clocked my expenditure, and I was really looking at like the minimal sort of bottom lines of stuff. And I realized that everything I was doing was like playing it safe rather than like attacking and thinking big and going for that. So I've had those kind of two twists in my mindset this week, um, which I think comes from allowing yourself to rest and have that little space just to deal with it anyway. Um, And yeah, so I've just been mostly trying to hammer through client work. I have, and I've not announced this yet. This is an exclusive NLA episode 100. In a week's time, I well potentially a week's time, the date is not percent confirmed, but I am getting my dog. So I am Yay! hyper excited. It's um so my nan, long story very short, my nan's getting on, she has a lot of dogs, and I'm basically adopting one of hers. Um it's gonna be a five-year-old uh Lazarap. So for people that don't know what they are, they're kind of like Shibarinus. For people that don't know what Shibarinus are, kind of think Ewoks. If you don't know what Ewoks are, just think f- fluffy little dogs. Um, but her name is Louise, and she'll be coming to live with me for as long as I'll have her so I'm very very excited to have a bit of uh, company on the days when I don't have my my little one and something to bark Aww. at and to get annoyed at when I'm trying to work <laughs> yeah there'll Aww. be pet pictures coming don't you worry <laughs> um oh man I'm so out it's so weird doing this in front of people I know we've done this before uh what's something you've enjoyed this week Sasha oh my god quite a few things so I listened to a new podcast Juliet Fisher thank you very much for sending me a link to a guy called Simon Hurry I think it's what is the podcast called I can't check obviously because I'm on my fucking phone so I think it's Titan to something to Titan anyway taken to Titan no anyway he's a strengths guy and um he he was he has recorded like a, an hour long podcast on each strength, and it, it's he's only on Spotify also, 
so I had to go to Spotify because I don't, I don't normally I normally listen on Apple and he was talking about competition and he was talking about like this trifecta of competition achiever and strategic and and he was comparing them to Simon like, Kinsberg oh, I don't the, know the mad titans <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, Sasha's got to take a drink every time she mentions strengths. Yeah, all right. Happy episode well, 100. Uh, <laughs> um, and basically, yeah, he was comparing having those three strengths to basically being like Wolf of Wall Street type, like competition level, hungry, ambitious, and I quite enjoyed being. Com- I know, obviously, he was not a very good person, and he did fuck up in a very significant way. But I like to think that I'm that hungry. So yeah, I, I I will find the link and I will put it in the show notes. Um because I don't I only have my phone. So if I go off my screen, I will, I will not be able to. Anyway, he's done a good chunk of the strengths. He hasn't done all of them, um, but he's done a good chunk. And yeah, it was very interesting to hear somebody that wasn't Becca and that wasn't Gallup talking about strengths um because it's just a slightly different perspective and I very much enjoyed that and um yeah he just he said some things that were really nice about competition and I and I literally opened the window and roared at my wife uh, who was like washing her car and she was like okay and I was like just like you know beats my chest fucking it was like I just enjoyed it it pumped me up so that was the thing I enjoyed this week how about you well, just before we go, because I, I, I'm already hazy. I've had like two sips of whiskey as a celebration, so whatever. But have we mentioned that you you're, you might drop out at any moment because of internet? Oh, no, no, we haven't. Okay, we so for people should. listening on the podcast yeah. feed, if there are any glitches or if there is any messy audio, you know, this is only episode 100. So you'd think we'd have this shit sorted by now, but... Uh, oh, also, because on... I'm not on my... Yeah, I'm not on my podcast mic, so... Yeah. You sound good, though. Yeah. Do I? Like, oh, you excellent. sound good. You sound fine. Yeah, it's not like robot- oh, robotic or anything. Yeah, it works. Okay. It works. Um, my thing that I've enjoyed this week. So uh, I, I've just been demolishing podcasts. I finished um, a book that I already can't remember. Oh, no, I started reading a book and then you messaged me and said, read this book. And I was like, enough people have recommended this book to me by now that I bought the book and I'm now reading the book. I, the book. I hate the book, just so that you know. Doesn't I surprise me. I hate the book. No, I absolutely fucking hate it and I'm gonna post in the strengths group to ask if any other competition people fucking hate the fucking book because uh, I've had so many people recommend this goddamn book to me that I was like fine for fuck's sake I will just fucking listen to the audiobook <laughs> and uh, yeah I hate it and everyone is raving about it and I'm like I just do not like it so the book is 4,000 weeks by Oliver Berkman mm. uh, it is time and how to use it and yeah, it's one that I've heard on like quite a few different podcasts I listen to. And then it was mentioned on Joanna Penn. I think there was a thing with Jay Thorne where he that mentioned was. it. And then like people posted in Activated Authors and in the Rebel Authors. And it was like, so I, yeah, I picked it up. And, you know, it's, it's I'm halfway through at the minute. And it's one of those, it's got some like really interesting points in it. And um, it's, as most books, like there are ideas that I've heard of before, but he says it in like the way that works for him. And kind of like some of those ideas make things a bit easier to explain. Um, but the overall gist is you know, understanding the, the finitude of your own life and how to deal with sort of the endless pressures of always having something to do. So in a way, it's very much an anti-productivity book. Yeah, but it, don't you feel like he's just saying like basically you can't win. So don't like just don't even try to win. Yeah. Like just like be anti-win. Well, yeah. fuck off with the no winning. That can fuck off and die as far as I'm concerned. I uh-huh. can't understand 
Like yes, I am the great equaliser. Okay Welcome point. to episode one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> He's basically saying you can't win at life. Fuck what? No, like I am so one hundred percent out with that book. Like depends on your definition I'm... of win. But so that's <sighs> uh, devil's advocate working. Yes, Aro. Um, but yeah, that was that was something that I'm enjoying as I'm reading through it. But the thing that I actually enjoyed this week was um, a friend of mine re-recommended to me the uh, School of Greatness podcast by Lewis Howes, who's a former athlete. Oh, yeah. And he interviews some sort of just world megastar people and just just really enjoying. Um, like it's nice sometimes when you listen to so many of the same podcasts to just have a fresh voice, even if it is sort of mm. a lot of the same content. So, uh, mm. yeah, I've been listening to that and enjoying it quite greatly. Um, quarterly confessional. And we are nearly at the end of February, which is effing ridiculous. Uh, Sasha will read a minimum of five Suffolk books. I have either read four or five and without a screen or device to double check, I can't tell you, but we have time. Um, yep. Cool. Uh, implement outsourcing. Done. Yep. Check off five things off the new business plan. Done. Yeah. Uh, Dan will dictate two novels. This one's starting to get squeaky bum time. So I've done one. I've not yet started the second one just because of burnout. Um, but it okay. has to happen. It, it's going to happen because it has to because I'm on deadline anyhow. Um, but oh, but it doesn't, darling. You could always have a forfeit. I could have a forfeit. Although for people on the podcast, I am currently wearing my tip top and Sasha is dressed in angel wings with a halo. So No, I took the wings off because they were hurting my neck. Oh, that's not good enough. Um, launch a survey... <laughs> So, yeah, I've got a launch survey. I'm still working on that. For a moment, they look like elephant ears. <laughs> uh, right, three short stories. I've written one so far and launched a new podcast. Has happened. And we're on episode three tomorrow, which is exciting. Um, da, 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 da. We have a new patron, Jess Nicole. Thank you for coming on to the squad and becoming a part of the Next Level Authors Legion. Um, you'll get all of the goodies. <laughs> You get all the episodes before anyone else and you can join us for these lives as much as when you want to. Um, it's so good to be one of those where I get sick of my own voice because I'm reading all the stuff out this week. I know, I'm sorry. It's I'm fine, sorry. it's fine. It's only 100 episodes. Um, level ups is this week go to CJ Dainton who says, I got a student. I have a wonderful teen who I am being paid to teach writing to and it's amazing. I love that. I love that kind of like first client. You get that first moment where you can actually start like working with someone and you have that kind of, can I, can I do this? And then you get through, you're like, yeah, I can. I've got this. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so keep going, CJ. Um, comments. Does that sound don't, right? I don't think, I don't think we should do, do, oh wait, should we? No, don't do comments. Do comments? I don't know. You're in charge. I don't care. You do. So we're going to do comments because we had this exact same conversation about an hour ago. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've had gin between that conversation and right now so. that is true that is true so episode 99 oh fuck you sasha what is your relationship with romance first of all big thanks to everyone who emailed and reached out and sent messages to myself and or sasha oh best question ever do i win the questions do i i win the questions right i oh, i win the first leave that up questions. to the audience I don't think we can decide, Sasha. I, um, I win the questions. <laughs> comments from our wonderful patrons. Cassie, hello, who said, uh, Louisa May Alcott said it best for me. Love is a great beautifier. I love romance. Not dissimilar to Sasha. I want the whole emotion in all stories, the passionate beginning, the spark and fire middles with the lasting heart that you're better for it. For the writer in me, it's the character arc. 
the artist in me finds the beauty in the Disney dream, which is evolving, and the damaged puzzle and the tragic desperation found in a mendering partnership. Life is messy. There is beauty in that. With love, it intensifies. It's lovely if you can find a partner who wants to grow and evolve with you because life is a push and pull. Absolutely. To me, that is love and the great beautifier. Side note, I died laughing at Dan's face when Sasha revealed flirting as a competition trait, and that is why she loves it. A proper roll of laughter. <laughs> it is, though. I, I know, but I was I'll, I'll, I'll say you're becoming wrong. wildly predictable, Sasha. <gasps> ah, Jessica McMinn said, as a consumer of romance, I'm just going to keep talking. I too am a hardcore shipper, but tend to prefer fiction where romance is the subplot and not the main driving force of the narrative. That said, I adore intense, soul consuming love stories, complete with all the chaos, conflict, and complications that go along with them. Renee nice Michaels, I fucking love you people. Hope you guys will be over at 20 Books Vegas this year. I must fangirl with you over a pick. I'm sorry, Sasha. You're not, are you going Vegas, Sasha, Sasha? Mm, are there any tickets left? I have no idea. Neither do I. No, I am not, unfortunately, but at some point in the atmosphere, there will be a photo op of some kind when I'm 73. <laughs> I think I probably won't go because I'm going to New York and South Africa and Venice. So I think that's probably enough traveling for one year. But and Holland. So that's a fair old list of places. That's not bad. It's more than I'm going. It's not bad. Um okay, that's all the comments. So have we done everything? Done everything. I think man. so. Nailed it. Well, thanks we everyone have... for joining us. Okay, bye then. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. Before we go into the question, uh, what we are going to do is we've got a, a bit of a special surprise that even Sasha hasn't yet seen. Um, and our wonderful virtual assistant, Sam, has put together a lovely little compilation to celebrate episode 100 of The Next Level Authors. Now, for people living on the podcast, obviously, we're not going to be cruel enough to put you through just listening to the sound clips. So we'll, we will cut this bit out and probably there'll be a bump and then you'll hear the rest of the, the uh, audio and the episode go on. But... If you want to go see the video, it will be over at YouTube. We will have it as a separate video as well as during this episode for the, the, the YouTubes. Now, is don't forget to share sound. Don't forget to I share, will sound. share sound. I'm, I'm so excited. Shall I mute myself? Or do you I'll, wanna... I'll mute myself as well, just so we've got uh, yeah. maximum. Otherwise, I'll like laugh really loud or something embarrassing. Let's hope this works. 100 oh, episodes my of the God. next of this podcast. That was amazing. Big round of applause for Sam. Thank you for that. Seriously, oh thank you. What a goddess. That was absolutely amazing. Oh, like oh. I was crying with laughter. How many of those do you remember? Is my question. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like quite like as I see them quite a lot there were some bits that I didn't remember um but yeah that was so fun like we've done loads in 100 episodes that's actually a lot like Like, it's so I mean I was having a conversation with my mum earlier because as I say they came up for the weekend they mentioned um because my birthday's coming up in the next few weeks that I was living with them when my last birthday was and I know I say it a lot but like it really heavily feels like that was three years ago and <laughs> it, like it really does like it was it was a lockdown birthday I had like a takeaway because we couldn't go anywhere and just it was so different but then you know we were talking a little bit before obviously like we came on here and we've been through five houses between us like I've had a beard like what were some of the other bits that we were saying like t- there were two Christmases like however many books published between four us like, birthdays, four yeah, birthdays four birthdays like, uh, 
Mm. It's a lot. Dozens of books. It is a lot. It is a lot. It has yeah. been a long time. Mm. It has, mm. but it doesn't feel Cheers. like two years at all. No, it feels, it feels like, like much longer. Five. And I regret my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least Cheers. you both agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I love that. That was amazing. That was the funnest 11 minutes I've had in a while. So, well that. so yeah, just just a reminder for people, we, we will be posting that on YouTube as well if you want to rewatch that or catch that or if you were listening on the podcast and couldn't see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to say on uh, episode 100 before we dive into the question? I will say the question's quite predictable, so don't don't expect to be amazed or stunned by anything. <laughs> no, go on. Hit me with it. What have been some of your biggest growth moments since episode one of The Next Level Authors? Um, okay, so um, beating my day job income was one, um, realizing that my reason I like lesbian fiction is because it's about lesbians would <laughs> be another one. Wait, what? <laughs> I know, fucking shocking everyone, I know, right? Um, <clears throat> I think diving into strengths and getting obsessed, everybody drink. Um, and <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Uh, the people um, on the podcast, everyone on the Patreon Zoom just drank. I love it. <laughs> um, what else has been growth moments? Gosh, that's really hard. Um, I think I've had loads of mini growth moments. Um, yeah, embracing my competition. Uh, most of them are probably around strengths, to be honest, because it's had such a significant impact on my ability to embrace who I am and then capitalise on who I am. And um, <clears throat> yeah, a finishing tray. That was yes. huge. Mm-hmm. That was a huge one. Um, I don't know. I th- I, yeah, that's hard for me to do without like having pre prior thought about it Mm. Uh, I mean there have been huge moments I mean we've been through a pandemic together like within Mm. the pandemic you moved house and went through all of that stuff which obviously was like personal on the personal side like big moments for you to to push through that and obviously all the chaos that came with that and then trying Mm. because you said it a few times I can't remember if it's been on um, the podcast or sort of privately but like we we have been given quite rough odds in starting a full-time business like we both pretty much kicked off um 2019 we had a few months and then the pandemic hit like that's not ideal conditions for starting a business Mm. and really trying to like gain momentum and like find out what it is we want to do um Mm. but yeah like so many just huge moments along the way in the in and outs and obviously like all the just yeah I I don't want to pile stuff on but like they've got a impact as well yeah for sure yeah buying a house is a is a that is a big thing Mm -hmm. yeah how about you my god so i mean my biggest growth i believe has really come from all the stuff that we did with nano in 2020 and kind of like the lead up before that like i had considered writing non-fiction before starting the podcast and then obviously as we started chatting before the podcast started like i was looking at collaboration for authors um and ended up kind of as the pandemic hit, I just got this burst of energy to do stuff and just to make the most of that time while nothing else was going on and just made that happen. But like, 
it's always interesting going back and tracking the older episodes of this and just seeing how confident I believed I was and how unconfident I actually was like inside, especially, or maybe not confidence is the right word, but like, I didn't know myself well enough. So I, I went into full-time <clears throat> authordom with this very, very heavy, heavy expectation of I wanted to do full-time fiction. And that's what I did for, you know, a year between ghostwriting and writing my own stuff. And like, it was all fiction, fiction, fiction. And it's been a really bizarre, messy, wonderful journey to have that twist around to a point in which I'm embracing more of the nonfiction side and understanding that like, I still really, really like writing, but I don't necessarily need that to be my bread and butter. Um, and then not just that, but, you know, having all you guys on the Zoom, like all you patrons and then everyone on the Facebook group that's watching, like, and just having your support and things and, you know, growing um, an author community and stuff, it really has been a journey in accepting that the more honest I can be about my journey, the more that helps other people. Um, because transparent yeah yeah exactly you know about the thing um but there was always like because and this is the thing that I hate and I'm really I really am trying to strip away is that expectation of when you see authors like they just have it together and you know you look at an author who is argued well successful making like six figures whatever and it's like oh yeah they just write everything they do this and it's like easy and it's just fucking not it's messy and it's complicated and personal life intervenes and everything else does. And like people to be a writer, you have to manage your personal life around the creativity and the art because the personal life will not leave you alone. Like it will find a way to drive its way into your business, what you do. And just recognizing that in my own journey and then sort of just trying to, you know, be honest and share that with other people. And yeah, all, all, all the growth really has come from finding a passion for the nonfiction, but also in finding confidence in myself and knowing that the stuff that I'm saying can be valuable to people. Because, you know, one of the big conversations that we had, it, must, it was just before we did that, it was all about like humility and the fact that I, I always worry that if you try and become an expert, you come across as like an arrogant brick. And that is the one real barrier that it's still in my head. It's still a thing that like I worry about every day because, you know, when you speak as a, a nonfiction person, as an authority, you have to have a certain amount of expertise and you have to like have a certain amount of confidence to say, this is what I believe. But then you also need that certain amount of humility to say, yes, but I can be proven wrong and adapt and move. And like, it's just, yeah, there's, there's just been a whole lot along the way. And it's, it, it just nuts to think that, you know, it's in four weeks time, it will be two years since we sat down and I was in just like, just my crappy little laptop camera, just at a picnic desk that was in my um, living room. And started recording and then like a few months before that that we just started randomly chatting on Facebook. I know I was in um, my little um, cupboard office which was literally mm. like a cupboard you, you like there was you could get my it was so small my desk chair didn't even pull all the way out from under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like turn it to the side and like slither into my chair uh, back in that office and now I have this gorgeous space. Mm. Um, but yeah, God, it's How been a. L I know, I know. It's Where are we going to be in another years. hundred episodes? Yeah, oh, I, I don't know. We'll yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking Paraguay, maybe that'd be fun. Yeah, go there yeah, for a trip. Maybe. Yeah, a bit of remote working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take the kiddo and the dog. The, with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> tell you what i do want it won't happen in two years but one thing that i have added to my bucket list of things that i do want is to own a property that i can use as like some form of writing retreat 
that is on my list. How to get there remains to be seen, but I would I would absolutely love it. Just like a log cabin in a forest somewhere by a lake with hopefully no snakes or bears. Mm-hmm. That's that's the dream. Uh, just a reminder for people, if you do have any questions for us, pop them in the chat on both um, Zoom and on Facebook, because we will be doing a little bit of the question section in a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there, is there anything else you want to add to to growing to 100 episodes? To I'm trying to think where book wise where you were when we first you were about you were working on that was that was how we kind of got really talking because we were talking a lot about anatomy of prose. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I must have been writing it still. Uh huh. Yeah. Trying to work out your own marketing plan and when to publish. Yeah. Yeah, that book really changed things financially for me. Mm-hmm. That that was the book that gave me the confidence to know that I could could do this <clears throat> for the long term. Um. So yeah, yeah. I think I think the the thing that you were saying is interesting about um, like expert, and I think that just don't ever claim expert. Like let other people decide that you're an expert. You know, you just share knowledge. Well, that's what I try to do. I just share the things that I learn, and if other people deem that as expertise, then cool. But I'm never gonna deem myself an expert because I don't think I can ever stop learning. You know, so like that's not a label that I will ever take yeah if that yeah Yeah. um and the only other thing i'm going to say is thank you to everyone Mm. for watching for listening for joining for commenting for being patrons for egging us on (laughs) for i know yeah q a's and uh yeah thanks to you this is probably like i don't know like my second longest ever relationship <laughs> I'm <joking. laughs> yeah well i did once uh keep the time i got to your life so there's that yeah you did <laughs> but 96 weeks still isn't 100 like wait oh no what it's what say that again 96 weeks still isn't 100 We've only been doing this for 96 weeks. I don't understand. We've done 100 episodes. My time I got you was 96. Yeah, 100 episodes. 100 weeks. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Hey, should we we go into some questions? Let's fuck some questions up. Let's go. I wondered where you were going with that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So before we jump into the questions, Brett just wanted to say no questions, but just wanted to say a massive thank you to you both for all the laughs, advice, help, and general bant. It's been brilliant so far, and I'm looking forward to more. Oh, we appreciate you, Brett. Thank you for that. Oh, uh, should we announce that we're ending? No, <laughs> no, no. Episode one hundred and three. <laughs> it's like the three date. We're, we're joking. Like, we're we're joking. We're joking. Yeah. <laughs> God, can you imagine announcing that on like episode one hundred? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, so a uh, question from some patrons. We had one from Jessica who says. What do you consider the hardest but most important lesson or step one has to overcome in order to level up their author business? Putting words first. Mm. Mm-hmm. For some people that comes really easily. Like I can think of certain people who have very high focus who are amazing at doing words, like and like people who have high discipline. Strength, fucking around, Jake. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I'm glad this isn't an actual drinking game. Cassie's empty now. Thanks. 
<laughs> I don't even want to explain to you how much gin was in this. Um, I, this should not be empty. Um, yeah, for people who have high discipline, maybe, or people who have um, high consistency, who find it very easy to do those things, maybe this lesson doesn't apply. But for me, who, do, who I don't have discipline, I don't have consistency. And so for me, the hardest thing, I think, is putting the words first. Um, and also learning that that doesn't mean doing words every day. And that doesn't mean necessarily doing words first in a day. It's about me finding out and discovering that Phoenix burning is the right method for me. And then making sure that I prioritize doing that in that way. Right. And giving myself permission to not write in the in that ash and dust phase. So, yeah, like so that doesn't necessarily just mean like right every day or like right first thing in the morning. It means finding the fucking way that is best for you and then like just fucking going to have Do write every day and do write in the morning. Don't take it personally. It's just. Stop. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. No, we all have to find our own way. Yes. And whatever whatever way that is, is great. Like, mm-hmm. but discovering it can be hard. Hmm. Yeah. I think mine's, mine's a little bit of um, an extension on that in that my answer would be... Um, understanding you have to do the work like you do no no one no one's coming to help you like the amount of people that i speak to that i really i really want to write i really want to sit and write a book i'm like we'll do it what's stopping you oh yeah but no no, what's stopping you like if you really if it's something you really really want to do do it if you want to build an author business like if you want to take that next step and do the thing you have to be the one that actively takes the action to do that stuff don't don't wait around for someone to pull you out of the pile or to pick you up just do the thing what are you laughing at? Is there a comment I've missed? Nothing. No, no, no. De- no, nothing. Text right. messages are not coming through. It's fine. It's fine. I just saw a message come through at the top of my screen. And it's fine. I only caught half of it and it was enough to make me giggle. It's fine. I wasn't okay. laughing at you. Okay. Uh, next question. Eden asks, I mean, I want to know the answer to all the questions. There can only be one. Oh, that's because of all the questions that I wrote on the post. <laughs> What's your favourite episode of NLA so far? Oh, I, like to say I know, I know. Oh, no. The one when I asked you about Roma. <laughs> 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 that is forever going to live. Um, forever, ever, ever going to live as, like, you know, m- me loving the fact that I won the questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, how about you? Oh, I don't know. There's so many, like. I think my other favourite moment is when I discovered that you were a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is yeah I, will, I will say moment. like um, the ones that we've done in person have been very, very fun because obviously they've been coupled. We are like, overdue that. We are overdue, overdue one in person. Yeah, mm. yeah. But obviously like we, we, we'd we hang out and do other stuff as well and then we'd record the podcast. But it's, re- it's also a weird dynamic kind of recording a podcast with both of you next to each other because it's that whole mm. thing of like, who am I looking at? Am I, am I looking at you or am I looking at the, the thing? Like, it'll be interesting to see if we can do like an over the table one at some point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed those ones. But I think the, I mean, there's a bit of a difference between, you know, what's your favourite and the one that's sort of um, stuck with you. But the one that has really, really stuck with me is the one where we do talk about like money mindset and, you know, selling services and that stuff, like which was the 
um, clinching decision to do the boot camp and to push ahead with it. And, you know, everything's kind of sprung from that. So that was, that's going to be a, a fond one of mine. Uh, Sam asks, what has been your biggest pivot in the last two years? Cue Ross pushing the sofa up the stairs. I mean, I think mine's kind of answered, like, because I still, I still write fiction. I still love the fiction. I'm still working on the fiction. But mentally, my biggest pivot is into coaching, really. Hmm. That is a good question. Oh, I don't know that I've got the answer to that. That is a good question. The biggest pivot. And it has to be a pivot that I've already done and not that I'm going to do. I mean, if you can't think of one you have done, then... I mean, answer it however you fucking want to, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are no rules. Biggest pivot. Also realise, very honestly, sweary on episode 100. I apologise, folks. If this is your first episode, well, just feel free to... I'm sweary because I'm tipsy, so that's why I've gotten a bit loose-lipped. Um, but I would say... Everybody drink. <laughs> uh, embracing competition because before then, I was still highly competitive. Well, even your answer when you got your results was like pissed off that you got competition. I know, right? I was like, how, how, how dare I score as number one competition? Who do I think I, I am? will show them I'm the least competitive out of everyone yes, I know ever. <laughs> I will be the least competitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah I like I have I don't think I've seen a bigger change in me um and that I think that has to be the biggest pivot because I was gobsmacked and astonished that I had scored as number one competitive but like (laughs) literally the more I learn about competition more I'm like I fucking burn at nuclear levels like I and, and yeah, I just I just think that embracing it has been so empowering for me and like owning it and talking about it and enabling that to like feed through my work and how I work and like being able to what it's done is it's enabled me to make even bigger goals. Right. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I now recognize how hungry I am. And so, and I'm not ashamed of that anymore. And I'm not going to hide that anymore. And so now I'm like fucking hungry on steroids. So yeah, like, yes, that's like, <laughs> how much of you feel like, the same as episode one? Oh, no. Like, I'm, I'm having this at the minute. Like I, I do not feel like the same person at all. I am not even close to the same person because if you think about it like so when did we start we started in what when when did the podcast start 2020 yeah so we hadn't even we hadn't even quit our jobs for a year fuck me like I was a child like facially I was a child yeah just watch the video again but yeah like mentally like mindset wise like oh my god I feel like a completely different person I feel I feel stronger I feel more confident I was like broken when I left my day job I was I was a shell I was completely broken like I I 
I just had to survive the first year and I didn't even think I, I my biggest fear was that I would fail and that I would have to go back to a day job and that is so limiting mm-hmm. like you limit yourself and you make not bad choices but you make the best choice that you can in the moment but when mm-hmm. you are still in that early mindset of oh my god like I have to pay my mortgage or I have to do this or I have to do that you take the safe choice right mm-hmm. and everybody drinks well (laughs) for me as a risk taker like a lot of the influencing strengths are risk taking like that is where I perform the best no but seriously like oh fuck off right but I'm off with everyone drinking oh okay right here we go um I'm out um yeah so like it's only in taking risk. It's only in taking those leaps of faith. It's only in setting the big goals. It's only in investing that money that I was terrified to invest that I, every, every fucking time I make the hard choice, I level up. And like, I don't even know what the question was anymore. <laughs> How much of you feels the same as episode one? Yeah, I would not. Put have the gin down. Okay, sorry. oh my god I'm really quite tipsy um I don't know how many shots of gin were in that I just poured probably seven um I think it was probably three but anyway <laughs> um yeah like past Sasha would never have done that I would never have made those decisions I would never do that so like I feel like a very like there's still the same girl inside me who wants to be creative and live a life where I don't have to do what anybody else tells me to do but yeah like I feel very 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 different Mm -hmm. and yeah oh god I fucking love this journey I love every single second I love the hard work I love the people I love everybody here I just love you guys so much the rebel all for everyone (laughs) round of applause hiss hiss (laughs) Hiss. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Love it. Yeah. No, I, I, I concur with all of that. I think because um, you always feel in the moment like you're somewhat informed about what it is you're going through in this situation. And, you know, you plan for what comes ahead with that almost core belief that you know what the next step is going to look like. And just every step you take, it just shifts and it's just different. And like something will pop up or like you'll meet people or you'll go one way or you'll try something and something will work and something doesn't. And, you know, that's part of the creative life is just that that constant knockback experimentation, trying again, just moving forward because you love what it is you do. And I think that, you know, in the beginning, I was confident that I wasn't have to go going to have to go back to my day job um, because, you know, there's always more client work to fall back on if I wanted to. But like as the years have gone back, there's it's it's not a question that I'm going to fail. It's just how far am I going to go, which is a real has been sort of um, a real shift with with mine. And I find like even now, just the way that I talk to people about what I do is much more just uh, what's the word like formed. It's just much more like again without I keep using the word confident, but it is like it just presents itself. It's much more molded in in how I talk to people about what it is I do and the things that I do, and you know there's just so much more um, backing each each day that passes. And you know in what two months time it'll be three years since left the day the day job, and like I still remember the bus journey home from that. Just kind of walking out it was a beautiful like sunny day where I used to live got on the top of a double decker and just got the bus home and just looked back at the place and was like yeah this is this is where it all changes and it has and it continues to and 
yeah my dad flew over my dad flew over from Holland um on my last day and like was there with me when I walked out of my day Mm. job in Christian Louboutin heels (laughs) 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 I was like I'm gonna walk out in fucking style so I put my Cinderella shoes on and I walked and I handed my laptop in and I was like late as bitches and off I went (laughs) such a it is it is such a satisfying moment just because I in my old job about obviously giving much away on names and stuff but I, it started to get into like some stupid like politics and all this kind of bullshit that you have in corporate and it did just get to the point where I walked into that office just handed over my letter of resignation to my manager with like a really smug look on my face and it was like mm. what and I was like just read it and I stood there while he read it and he kind of looked at me and I was like it was like really and I went yep yeah, and just walked out <laughs> so. do you remember how you felt before taking that leap of faith shaky hand <laughs> um yeah, no, I mine. So mine was driven by um, anger, mostly like a situation occurred in which I was like, I'm not working here anymore. Like, even if I have to downstep, like, even if I have to do something else. And um, I actually interviewed for a few different jobs, as well as like, as I was kind of like getting down the road of because uh, I, I didn't do the smart move of having savings. I didn't do the smart move of like, looking ahead and having that sort of nest egg. I literally went, I'm pissed off here. I'm not happy. I'm going to go to somewhere where I am happier. And it just so happened that the stars aligned with sort of, you know, finances and client work and other stuff that I, it was enough to, to get me moving. And again, it all came down to me. Like it would work as long as I made it happen, but I could easily slip and it could easily fall, but that wasn't where, where my head was. So how about you? Um, I, I quit not knowing if I was going to make enough money every month. Like mm-hmm. I basically between the freelance work and sales at the time I was like I halved my income when I left my day job but I'd paid off all my debts so like it was okay but like each month I had to fucking hustle like I had to hustle to make bank and um like I but I thrive off of that and so yeah I don't know like yeah, I, I felt sick. I didn't know. It, it is the biggest risk I've ever taken, ever, mm-hmm. without exception, because not only did I have to leave my job and lose my income, I also lost my house mm-hmm. because I lived in a property that was owned by my employer. So we had to move to a more expensive house, change my kids' school, and I halved my income. So I don't think I've ever taken a risk like that, but it was a mm-hmm. hundred million billion trillion percent worth it and and like I don't think that risk is worth it for everybody I actually don't think that that risk is a risk that everybody should take I I had to leave my day job because I wouldn't be here if I hadn't left my day job I don't think Mm -hmm. so like it was worth the risk for me but um yeah I I don't think I have ever felt fear like it I think I think that is the most I've ever shit my pants <laughs> fuel for the yeah. fire and yeah yeah it was and like I I could barely get the words out like I I took both I, I remember taking both my managers down to the canteen and they sat down and I like of all of the managers that I had that that last manager was my favorite of course because then that's the one that you leave right um and he knew, he knew before I even opened my mouth, he was like, you're leaving, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. So I didn't even get to say the word. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, he, and I just, I bawled, I won't lie, I absolutely bawled because it was like fear and, and joy and elation and relief and it was, it was everything. Hmm. It was everything. And, and I cried most days for about six months, I would say, just with sheer joy, sheer joy at being able to go out of my house and not worry that I was going to get told off or caught or whatever. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, that was, that that moment is probably the most feelings I've ever felt. In oh, shut up. <laughs> other, other than pushing a baby out of my vagina. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of feelings. I imagine. That was a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Switching gear a touch. Shane asks, Dan, do you think creativity and imaginative thinking is so strong because I'm a Pisces? <laughs> Just going to leave that hanging like the bad fart it is. Spectacular <laughs> <laughs> uh, question. Favourite uh-huh. question of the night. <laughs> Ara asks, what is your favourite mythological slash magical creature and why? A unicorn because it can shake the shit out of you. Come on. Oh, shank. I heard a very different word. <laughs> I was like, what has just happened? What kind of sapphic books are you reading? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, I don't know what mine is. Um... <laughs> oh, I'm in my head now. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Quite like chimeras. probably just gonna be boring and say dragons like dragons are pretty badass there you go uh shane also asks have you considered a co-writing project together and what would the easy bits and the challenges be (laughs) the challenges would be us (laughs) sasha doesn't share food (laughs) (laughs) the challenges would be me um no we haven't really have we i don't know have we we sort of no we 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 dangled a rod in the water but like yeah it didn't really nothing bit we don't write we don't write in in similar enough genres Mm. uh apart from non-fiction i if we co-wrote it would have to be non-fiction i think i don't think we could co-write fiction no no you wouldn't live up to my expectations i have very high standards Mm. <laughs> no but we have we have um we've thrown a couple of bits about but i don't think it was ever anything like super serious more just like oh this could be fun um yeah but yeah i don't know like wouldn't be something that i ruled out but at the same time it it's like anything with a collaboration like it has to be the right idea it has to be something that you're both excited for um i think the challenges would be that and you know this isn't this this will sound jokey but it's not like sasha works well alone and you do like sort of having control of lots of different stages of the process. So in terms of like collaboration, that kind of like makes that a big a bit difficult. Um, but at the same time, like I think if it was spoken about wow. and we went into it with the right expectations, it would. Am I wrong? <laughs> mm, not really. <laughs> I think it could happen. I think we could find a way to make it work. But you know, if there was to be difficulties, that would be one thing. But also, I think. Um, you know, you do have quite a wide breadth of knowledge, specifically when it comes to like craft stuff. So if we're going to look at like craft mm. things, I'd find that a bit more difficult on my side. 
because you know mm. i i've internalized the craft enough that i can do it but not enough that i can teach it confidently i don't think i'd ever ever collaborate with anybody on craft mm. yeah it would be probably business marketing side because mm. because that that is that is my space where i get to swear be sarcastic and have fun and I do even though I I write down all those things to help other people I'm also doing it because I like to learn Mm. and so it's like my learning process and I don't know how I would do that with somebody else Mm. so yeah yeah I think it would be very all all joking aside yeah no I think with us we have to really nail down because I'm not I'm not a huge plotter although obviously with non-fiction I am a bit more organized and so it would be a case of really having to nail down the outline before either of us took to kind of any kind of writing and just make sure that we were like what it, yeah I can't do an outline for non-fiction what are you on about <laughs> we can't this isn't your no. best fine the answer one. to this question is no we can collaborate on other stuff right mm-hmm. but clearly not a book I think Shane wants us to collaborate on a book though Sasha so I think we have well. to make it happen for Shane. <laughs> we can call it the book for Shane. Sasha, for people on the podcast, is shooting herself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on. Next question. I think, unless I'm missing any, that might actually be the questions that we've got in the minute. We didn't get any on Patreon. We've asked them. Oh, we did. Okay. We got that was Jess and Eden. Sam, Shane, oh, Shane, I'm just checking on Facebook. I mean, we'll give people a minute or two just to add any last questions. If not, we'll look at rounding up. I mean, we've had quite a lot of comments. We've got a few people on Facebook. We've got Yanni, we've got Andrew, we've got uh, Andrew, we've got Emily, we've got Sam. Uh, Pan was around. Emily wants a writer's timeshare in Ireland. <laughs> Yanni's worried that you've caught feels and didn't hear the word shank. And just worried that there's eyeball leakage. All right, did you have another question for us? Is that on there? Ah, here we go. Okay, we've got a few. So let's do Ara's first. Uh, Dan's partially answered this, but where would be your perfect place to write if anything were possible? I would like to go back to the old city in Dubrovnik. Mm. because quite a chunk of Murdering Magicians is going to be set there. Um, And if not there, then I would like to go to Venice for similar reasons. And I think we are going in August. So we haven't booked it, but I'm pretty sure we're going to go. So I would like to go to those two places or Japan. I know. Mm. okay um i don't know i think probably yeah cabin in the woods not the start of a horror story (laughs) i mean it is but like just somewhere quiet and just somewhere that i mean it needs to have wi-fi that's useful for research and stuff but like I, I actually do quite like the idea of like the whole Bill Gates going away for a week and just disconnecting himself from everything and just like researching and reading and using that as like a week a year to, to do. Um, yeah, I can confirm that no Wi-Fi is not actually as fun as it sounds. So it's probably mm. I probably wouldn't go there, to be honest yeah. with you. 
Well, I think the difference is choosing not to have Wi-Fi and knowing there's no option of Wi-Fi versus like desperately wanting having the Wi-Fi. from your soul. Having blotchy, yeah. crappy 4G that isn't connecting all the time consistently. That's very, that's very different. That is different. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah, I, I think I'm quite boring. Just anywhere where it's like blue skies and like sun just outside in a way in which I could still type and see the screen because that's always my issue. Like, I love the idea of doing that, but then you have to touch type because it's all glary and I don't know. Yeah, just somewhere. But no, I, I'm I'm a forest and a, a lake boy. Um, Cassie says, curious, what space in publishing do you think will change the most for authors in the next year? Mm. That is a good question what space is going to change i think that it is going to be tech related i'm interested to see what dtd and smashwords do in terms of the data that they're going to be able to output and i think the data that they will be able to give us i was listening to them i can't remember on whose podcast but they were saying that they have access to like eight hundred thousand titles I think can't remember I don't know it's a lot of fucking titles though and they're going to be able to they're going to have huge 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 amounts of data so I'm interested to see what that does I think AI uh, I think audio AI and audio I I can't imagine that we're going to get through another year without them enabling uh, AI narrated audio on to the platforms I, I will be very surprised if we go another year and we still don't have that mm-hmm. um, so I think that will make a difference and I am interested to see what happens with direct stuff because I think that authors are taking more control I have seen a huge shift in the amount of direct sales coming through um like because when I first did direct sales it would be like once in a blue moon and now that it's like weekly sometimes daily like depending if I've put a sale on or whatever like this month because I've had an audio sale on this I've had loads of sales on the website and then people see other stuff and so they buy other stuff on your website and then then they become website buyers as opposed to Amazon buyers um so but I'm interested because there's this whole like Ally put a really interesting blog post out recently about the creator economy and how um lots of people who are authors who also see themselves as entrepreneurs are taking control of how they engage with their audience rather than being at the uh, whims of whimsies of Amazon. Um, uh, So that was on a Monday, I think, uh, maybe not last week, but the week before, I don't know, it was in the last two or three weeks anyway. And that was really interesting. And I think it's going, and I think, I think the empowerment of authors and you know like memberships and subscriptions is going to be interesting for me to see Mm -hmm. where that goes and I'm also curious to see how many more indies start getting Netflix deals so like we had an indie get the first cartoon not cartoon that's probably the really the wrong word but anyway I can't think of another word the cart she's had um what's her name is it Jamin Eve not Jamin I remember who it is anyway an academy cartoon by by an indie is now on netflix so that like and i can't wait to see like what else comes out um so yeah i don't know that's it for me i think yeah i mean i think there's a lot of stuff happening um timeline wise within the next year i think ai audio is probably 
one of the better bets. Um, obviously, there's a whole lot going on at the minute with NFTs, which are definitely going to find their way into books and, and things somehow. They already are in, in quite a few forms. Um, yeah, I don't know what's happening with the... Um, I've not heard much on... Do you remember they were mentioning about those machines where you can walk into, say, any bookstore and it just prints off a title for you there and then, just like the whole book out of whatever catalogue on the digital library. Um, they were starting mm-hmm. to be seeded last year, a couple of years ago. Um, but I don't, I'm not checking to see what their kind of growth is, but that kind of idea of on-demand publishing where you can just walk into a bookstore and say, I want this book, even though it's not on the shelf, and just walk out of it in your hands. The other thing that I think that's going to happen, that is very interesting, by the way, and I do remember seeing that. The other thing that I think that's going to happen, not necessarily in the next year, but in the next five years, is the agent model is going to change. And I think that agents are going to have to get on board with what indies are doing. And I think they are going to have to take on more like subsidiary rights rather than trying to sell to trad publishers. Mm. I think if they don't take on indies doing foreign rights sales, they are going to get squeezed out of the market because indies can to be honest, negotiate their own deals. They're not necessarily going to get the best deals. Um, but it, I think if agents um, want to create their own sustainable business, business models and still be relevant and needed in the industry, then this is how they do it. Mm. Yeah, and um, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on Spotify in terms of podcasts and the growth of that market. But also, um, like I've discovered that some of my audiobooks through a publisher and with are on Spotify that you can listen to, which is the thing I didn't even realize audiobooks were on Spotify, but you know, they're growing massively um, and making very, very conscious efforts to grow their audio market just beyond music. So obviously they had the whole um, buy-in of Joe Rogan and one of the biggest deals of exclusivity, like a year or two ago, I don't know, a timeline's gone. Um, but yeah, they're, they're kind of scooping up lots of things just to kind of compete with Apple and iTunes and really make things happen. So audio, audio just in general is just, exploding in every single corner um i mean we've seen it with the other stories the actual listenership that because obviously we have the demographics behind the scenes it's always been apple that's been sort of the top where people find us and spotify is just slowly growing and growing and growing so watch out for them and any any news article with spotify i kind of tune into now mm-hmm. and yeah brett said monetization for audiobooks on youtube would be good yeah well you can if you have enough followers and enough of an audience you can monetize that already but yeah that's predicated on you having a big enough audience to do it yeah on the last question edwin mentioned that few of his uh, favorite writing spots hotspots have wi-fi which i think is very very useful to have <laughs> to be without that um oh we're getting comments everywhere uh another question so we had that one we had that one i think those two are covered let's do a couple more from facebook so helen Scheurer asks where do you guys see your author careers in five years' time? Mm. Well, I will be 40 in five years' time. <laughs> we forget. Um, I always forget, Sasha. Oh, shut up. Always shut forget. Your fucking face. You young child, you. Um, um, I'm going to be 31 well, this year. 31, Sasha. You're such a wanker. 31. It is not even funny. 31. Like, I mean, to, in nine years, I'll be 40. <laughs> oh, wow. Are you still only 30? Uh-huh. Can't you tell <sighs> by my beautiful face? It's- 
<laughs> I definitely look younger than you. I'm... <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what filters can um, do, isn't it? Oh, wow. <laughs> Are we Go still on. friends? Are we? It's all gone. Um, Wait, tits up. <laughs> Um, yeah, so in five years, I'm going to be, well, in five years and 11 days, I will be 40. So I will be swimming in money. <laughs> That's the end of that conversation. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. In five years time, I would like to see me in, in financially a completely different position. Um, I would like to see me much more, uh, five years. So my kid will be uh 13 okay so i would like to be able to i don't know i don't know that's such a hard question fuck what's weird is if we went back to the start of this i could quite confidently say here's where i want to be in five years but like the Mm. more i find out and the more like i learn the less certain i am about next week let alone (laughs) five years time i would like a more diversified income portfolio Mm. And I think that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> because hashtag transparency. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, the thing. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I I will have a team. Do you know what's horrible? In like Me. five years time, you're going to be my age. I oh, know, right? I what's so it like much? on the you other are... side of the chasm? You are. I am trying <laughs> so hard not to drop a C-bomb right now. <laughs> oh, I hate you a little bit right now. Uh, I love it. Tip top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in um five years time, um I'll be obviously like checking in to make sure you're okay. You know, feeding you. Oh, um, need to go. <laughs> 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 but no, I think I'll I think I'll have a team of some kind. Um, expanding the stuff. Well, much expanded the stuff that I do now. Um, I'd like to sort of travel a lot more with my work and have a bit more like in terms of like physical in-person um contact because you know at the minute like as nice as this all is like pretty much 99 percent of my interaction with humanity is digital and i don't think mm. that's good for one's uh one's psyche um yeah just bigger impact that's it nice and simple um next question Let's do, Yanni, what's your biggest goal you'd like to achieve by episode 200, which will be two years' time? How old will you be then? I will be fuck your mum, years old. I wouldn't (laughs) go down that route. (laughs) How is... How? (laughs) She's fine. She's good. Yeah, I know. I saw her last night. <laughs> makes a killer scone i'll tell you that much yeah she bakes real good too <laughs> right okay let's move on before this what's quite funny violent. is i've actually been in a room with your mum <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <sighs> right okay what what even was the this question? is a show about writing right <laughs> question uh what's your what's your biggest goal you'd like to achieve by episode 200 um i would like to hit a certain fi- financial figure because that's what two years away from now 
yeah so i'm gonna hit a certain financial figure i would like to have um made a significant dent in a new series and two years god it's really hard i would like to have ticked off three of the people on my must interview list Ooh, for like that one. Mm. the rebel author podcast and um I would like to have made, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm going to leave it there, I think. It's really hard. I should have thought about these before, this kind of stuff. Well, that would be like, preparing. The, oh, yeah, that's never going to happen. And, and have loads more non-fiction books mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, and courses and have spoken on bigger stages. Yeah, I think that's mine. I'm just going to steal yours. Um, Emily asks, can you guys please say your favourite British idioms or sayings? Your mum. Wow. <laughs> just straight to it. I think one of the ones, no. one of the ones that have always confused me that I used to say a lot, especially like growing up around Essex, is, uh, well, it's like, oh, that was cool, wouldn't it? That was cool, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, no S, just, wouldn't it? Which also <sighs> means, was it... Was not it? I don't, it was really cool, I wasn't it? Like, uh, so I can't think of any British idioms off the top of my head. So that's oh. not going to. I, I quite like. Gonna... Um, <laughs> I quite like. Oh yeah, they could chew an apple through a letterbox. Literally, never heard of that. Basically, means that they've got quite big front teeth. <laughs> oh. That is, wow. I can't think of a single British idiom, so I'm not, I'm not going to be very good at this off the top of my head. Okay. Intellection. Okay. Everyone drink. <laughs> Scott says, I am late and a little drunk, but congratulations to you both on 100 episodes. My question, have either of you heard of Clifton Strengths? <laughs> drink! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's, uh, let's do two more questions and then look at rounding out. So we have one from Pan, which says, uh, how strong slash restrictive of a boundary is what readers would expect from a book in your genre? Are you comfortable in silencing those expectations while you write or is it an essential part of your process? I don't understand the question. Can you say it again? So I think in terms of, um, well, so the, the wording, how strong slash restrictive of a boundary is what readers would expect from a book in your genre. So I guess sort of in terms of reader expectations in your genre, how tight are they and how well do they, or how much do they affect your process when you're actually writing and want to follow the story? I think you have to ask yourself what your goal is. Mm -hmm. Do you want to earn loads of money or do you want to write the book that you want to write? I think every single genre has the same level of strict <clears throat> boundaries and expectations with the exception of maybe romance where the HEA slash happy for now is like do or die if you don't do it like you ha just haven't written 
the genre, right? But I think, <clears throat> generally speaking, um, if you don't adhere to your genre expectations, then either you're not really writing in the genre, you're writing cross genre, and that's okay if that's gonna make you happy. But if your goal is to make money, then you're not gonna do that by not hitting exactly what those expectations are, regardless of the genre. And I know loads of people don't want to hear that, but tough, because that is the truth. Um, and I, I think that is something that I have had to accept and swallow. Um, and I don't really like it, but it is what it is. And so the process that I've gone through over the last year is to find the genre where I think that I can, can make that marriage between what I want being as close as possible to what the reader want, wants so that I can then deliver to a genre so that I can make more money. Um, and then there's obvious stuff. If you're writing crime, you need a dead body. If you're writing gay fiction, you need some gay characters. Like there are obvious ones. Like you can't write gay fiction and not have a gay protagonist. You know? Or you can have them anywhere on the LGBT spectrum, but you know, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly think every genre is as rigid as every other genre and you just have to swallow it down that's not what I mean <laughs> to bite your bottom lip and um research yep mm -hmm. yeah correct yeah all that stuff I think like you say it's cool if you want to if you want to optimize your chances of making money if that is your goal there is a way to do that if you want to optimize your chances of enjoying a project there is a way to do that it is as you say just what is your why <laughs> I, I, this weekend, have listened to the most life-changing lecture I think I've ever listened to. Oh, finally, the recording um, came through. Yep. And it was Jennifer Lynn Barnes, um, who did a talk called Writing for Your Id, uh, for Romance Writers of America. And it was six pounds, the lecture, and it was an hour and 20 minutes of absolute fucking gold, pure gold. And it speaks to the uh, Theodora Taylor's seven-figure fiction. I think she must have, I think it's a slant on what Jennifer is saying, seven-figure fiction. Um, but she basically is a professor of like psych the, fic the psychology of fiction. Mm. Um, and it blew my mind and I'm never going to approach fiction in the same way ever again. So interesting. Oh, I'll share that link in the uh, show notes. Yeah. Well, if I had any fucking internet, I would gladly do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's do one final question. And this one uh, is also from Scott. Well, how many bodies will you have buried in the next five years, Sasha? 666. Mm like i like that <laughs> my favorite number hmm? works perfectly well 69 <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> on that lovely note we'll round off for our celebratory episode 100 of the next level authors podcast uh want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's joined us on zoom every single one of our patrons who continues to support us 
all of you guys over on Facebook that have jumped on, got involved, chatted, supported, posted, just shared the podcast, because obviously, like, none of this means anything if, you know, we don't have your support. So keep supporting or we basically just fall to the bottom of the tank. Um, <laughs> I want to personally say, like, a massive thank you, Sasha, for going on this journey with me. It has been an absolute roller coaster of sometimes delight sometimes torture most of the time just general fucking weirdness um <laughs> do you have any any yeah. parting words that you'd like to say love you babe love you and i i've totally forgotten how we normally sign out of this, of, of this podcast. Bye. <laughs> see you next week everyone thank you for joining <laughs> all right bye Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Activated Authors podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Level Authors. Cheers. Cheers, ma'am. Cheers, honey bun. 100. Mm. We are a century old. Oh, I think I might have put a bit too much gin in that fucker.